Hey, what's going on everybody? Today I've got an awesome interview with my friend Paul DePozo. He is a real estate investor and you might know him from PropStream as well. He's an awesome dude that I just had a really fun time talking with. We talked about bodybuilding, we talked about Metallica, we talked about real estate investing, and of course, PropStream. So I hope that you enjoy this interview and it brings some fun to your life. Let's get it. Hey guys, welcome to the Dean Rogers Show, where we talk about real deals that we're doing and bring on awesome guests to talk about how they're finding success in their business to inspire and motivate you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. All right, see you on the show. Well, hey everyone, I am Dean Rogers. Welcome to another episode where I'm going to be interviewing my new friend, Paul Del Pozo. Uh, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Good to see you, man. Good to see that smile. Good to see the weights. Good to see everything about you. Man. Hey, my, my data is bigger than your data, man. <laughs> That's what they say, right? <laughs> got, got the prop stream swag. Uh, I mean, this couldn't be more fitting coming from a person from you. And it's pretty tight around the arms. You know, I appreciate that. You, uh, you know how to pick the shirts. Level shirts. You got to make sure you're looking snug in these shirts, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, um, yeah, man, we're, we've just kind of like been more newly acquainted to each other. Uh, you know, PropStream is a, a tool that I've been using and, uh, and got introduced through my partner. He was, he had been using it. You know, I'd been using kind of property radar in the past and list source for putting data together. But PropStream's pretty much the 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 new cool kid on on the street, you know. And you guys just your data's your data is pretty sexy, and the way that you present it and how easy it is to use and build a list and all the different things it does is just super useful. So naturally, people are gravitating to it a lot. Yeah, we we've packaged the product that makes it uh, uh makes it easy to have most of what you need right at your fingertips. Um, you know, investors use data in their everyday business, uh, you know, for prospecting, for evaluating, for comping, whatever it may be. And to be able to have a tool at your fingertips to be uh, able to do this um, has really uh, been uh, amazing for the industry. Because um, I, I remember when I first got in uh, years ago, everything was very segmented, right? So we worked on, uh, you know, perfecting the platform, uh, taking back tons of feedback from, from investors out there in the world, and uh, just chipping away, making it better as we've gone along. Yeah, as an investor in, in real estate, part of the, the difficult thing is finding like that one tool. Now, the, at the end of the day, there isn't just one tool that you can use in pretty much any business. There's a lot, you know, best of breed that you kind of pull together. But PropStream does a lot, does a lot, a lot, you know, from putting, uh, pulling your list together and creating a list to find motivated sellers and skip tracing that data and, you know, keeping track of that month to month. And then also the amount of data that you guys have when you pull, I'll call it a property profile. When you go search a property, like it's it's almost second to none. Uh, just the amount of data that's in there is pretty nuts. Yeah, the details for any specific property, it's it's pretty robust, right? I mean, we show you what you need. You can even pull up deed images, uh, who bought it, uh, how many times it was bought, what's sold around it, all that fun stuff. 
so that you can, you know, assess the properties that you're looking at. You know, what what are you going to put an offer out on? You know, what do you have an opportunity to buy? Uh, the tool really helps you to look at that uh, or look at the property and make your analysis in, in where you need to be, uh, as well as uh, building list, right? Because uh, let, let's face it, real estate investing and, and the wholesaling business is it's it's a marketing business, right? So being able to put together lists, uh, specific lists of uh, possible motivated sellers. Uh, that's the lifeblood, right? So we're able to put that together. We're able to build these lists, pull them down, skip trace them. And right in the platform, you can do some outreach. You can mark it out to them with some of the postcards or pull that out and start calling directly to them. So, man, I mean, it's it's a very robust system. As you said before, look, no one platform is everything for everybody. Right. But I think we do a pretty great job of uh, capturing the most essential uh, needs for your average investor out there. Yeah, hundred percent. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll take a pause on, uh, on, on prop stream. We'll, we'll circle back to that because, you know, prop stream's cool. You're doing a great job over there and, uh, and we use it too, but I kind of want to dive into to you and kind of spotlight you today, man, because as, as we've kind of got to know each other, we've found that besides real estate, there's some things that, uh, we naturally have in common. So, Let's flash back to the past. Um, let's get in the DeLorean and go back to, to you um, in some of the earlier days. So you you were a, a bodybuilding machine, man. Like you sent me a picture the other day and I was like, whoa. Yeah, you know, pumped know up, dude. getting into that DeLorean, hitting that flux capacitor, going back in time. Yeah, different chapter of my life. I, I was a competitive bodybuilder. I was in the sports nutrition industry. Um, spent a good good chunk of years uh, uh, competing, uh, growing, competing, traveling, um, just living that lifestyle, um, which was really essential to kind of where I am now. Because as you know, you know, as an athlete, um, being dedicated to any type of sport, um, you you find discipline, you find commitment, you find uh, structure needed. Uh, for that, you know, arena, which I've carried on into later into my life, right? So 100%. my my early, you know, my early uh, chapters of life being in, being a bodybuilder, and I, I appreciate that chapter of my life so much because it's gotten me to where I am. So yeah, I mean, you're right. Bodybuilding, bodybuilding was who I am. I mean, by nature, I'm still a bodybuilder, you know, I mean, uh, working out and training, uh, working out and training are uh, essential to uh, who I am and my uh, just general well-being. Uh, they say, you know, once a bodybuilder, always a bodybuilder. I don't <laughs> compete anymore. I, you, you won't see me in uh, posing trunks anymore, but uh, it's it's still here in the mind, you know? Yeah. Well, you're still a pumped up dude. You got plenty of muscles to to show off and uh, let them know that you know what you're doing in the gym. One of the things I love talking with athletes is it's just athletes are a different breed in terms of mindset and their willingness to be dedicated. Willingness, because people want stuff. I want to be a strong person. I want to be, you know, in the NBA. I want to be, uh, you know, whatever it is, right? I, I want to be able to ride my bicycle up. Uh, up this mountain, but how many people are actually willing to be dedicated to put in the work day in after day. And even when they're tired, they feel like crap. I remember, Hey, uh, back in the day when I was playing football, if you're sick, let me call my coach and tell him I'm sick, yeah. a sick day. What? Yeah, no <laughs> there, excuses. There's no, no excuses. sick days. 
I remember just like my note. I, I remember I could go down a bunch of stories, but I remember playing against Boise State in college and I couldn't breathe, like a legit couldn't breathe. I got a sinus infection. I was mouth breathing the whole game with a mouthpiece in. And, you know, you just you just get it done. There's no yeah. excuses. Like you said, you got to show mean, same up. Thing, same thing in bodybuilding. There's no excuses, right? You have an idea of what you want, your goal. You have that fixed in your mind and there is no stopping you. There is no stopping me. And some days are, are painful. You know, some days are hard. I'm sure you've some gotten days, injured before, right? Oh yeah. I mean, you work through injuries. Like you can't mm -hmm. stop. You can't just, Oh, I'm going to take the week off. That's not possible. That is not an option, right? Um, you got to keep going because there's a certain amount of time between, a, between then and that competition. Um, and you know, who are you up against? You're up against yourself, right? Bodybuilding is a bit different than, you know, your, your sport football, you're more in a team sport bodybuilding. You're against really yourself in your own world. Right. And who are you against? You're against yourself, yourself. Uh, your, your, your yesterday self right? Like, yeah. how are you going to beat yourself? How are you going to get to that point that you've envisioned that goal? And you got to grind through it through the tough days when you don't want to get up, you don't want to eat, you don't want to uh, work out that day because you're just beat up. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. But through that pain and through that struggle, you start to realize how much further you can push yourself, right? Um, and, and I think, you know, people want things, but they don't really know how much effort they need to put into something, how much um, pain, right? Whether it's mental or, or sometimes physical, you have to go through to get to your goal. You know, a lot of people have never really felt significant struggle or pain. So when they start to feel a little bit, they're like, oh, oh no, I can't do this, right? They yeah. back away. Um, but going through, you know, the, the competitive uh, struggles I went through, you start to realize I'm stronger than I thought I was, right? And I've already set, a goal for myself, which I can't back away from. And you keep marching forward. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, in football, you are always playing injured, right. And yeah. you're having your own mental battle. Like you're, you're right. It is a team sport. So it's less on me to get it done in bodybuilding. That's a whole different animal because the, it, it, the, the buck stops with you. Like if you're not putting in the work, there's zero results. You know? But in your in your arena, right? You you have to be there for your yeah. team, right? Yeah, like yeah. as in business, you you gotta show up. You know, yeah. you can't say, "Oh, I gotta take my break," or "I'm just gonna take it down a notch." The everybody to your left and right, they're looking, you know, towards you for the support, and they all need to be there on that same level. So you know, that in itself is is unique to a team sport, but it's still, you know, you gotta keep pushing forward, gotta 100%. keep driving yourself forward. You know, hundred percent. Tell me about the diet, dude. What was what was your diet like? <laughs> well, you know, in, in bodybuilding, there's different phases, right? There's a phase of growing a period of time when you're not necessarily depleting the body. So there's more food, more calories, a lot more food, right? Um, and then there's periods of time when you're more uh, in a restrictive phase where you're trying to, you know, you're, you're cutting down, you're leaning out for a show. Um, so let's say off season, right? We're, we're looking to grow. I mean, we'll, we'll have five, 6,000 uh, calorie days, Heck lots yeah. of protein, <laughs> lots of carbs. Yes. Um, and these are, you know, five, six meals a day. You know, I mean, you're a typical person say, oh, that's no big deal. Yeah, you do that one day, you're okay. But when you're doing this seven days a week, it, it literally becomes difficult. You're, you're just trying to get that food down <laughs> mentally. Mentally, you're like, oh, I got to get it down. I got to, I got to eat. I got to grow. I have to not miss a meal. You know, yeah. you get into this mindset where it's, 
missing anything that's part of your plan is is the end of the world, right? Like it 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 you're you're falling so far behind in your mind if you miss a meal, if you miss a workout, if you miss your supplementation, whatever it is, right? Um, so that's important. That's at a, a important phase of a lot of carbs, a lot of protein, a lot of calories. And then you go into the competitive season where, you know, depending on uh, how far out, maybe 12, maybe 14 weeks out from a contest, you start to, you know, cut down on maybe your carbohydrate intake. Uh, maybe you're increasing your protein. You're looking at your fats. Uh, you know, these are meals with, you know, chicken and carbs, um, uh, steak and carbs. And then carbs are like rice, uh, baked potatoes. You're taking in some vegetables, of course, because you need, you know, the fiber to help get everything going. But we're talking about six, seven meals a day. I mean, have you ever, you know, consistently been eating seven meals a day? It's a lot of food, man. I mean, it's yeah. not only is it a lot of food, but it's a lot of time. You're always looking at your watch. When am I eating next? When am I eating next? Right. Yeah. So it's a job in itself just to get that food down and to get it down in time. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's really I'll be honest with you. That's really almost the hardest part of bodybuilding, really getting that food in, getting the food down, uh, the working out. I mean, that's that's the fun part. We, you know, you're looking forward to that workout. You're, you're already having in your mind all day what you're going to do, how it's going to be how you're going to crush it, what weight you're going to like, uh, what amount you're going to break for that day. Yeah. But the food, I mean, that, at least for me, that was part of the struggle on a daily basis. So what, what, what foods did you end up loving and what foods did you end up hating? Uh, wow. Well, I'll tell you foods that I love, which I still do, right. Are, are, um, your basic, uh, ground beef and, and rice with hot sauce. I can yeah. eat that all day now. I can eat that almost <laughs> every meal now. It's my favorite. Favorite. That was one of my go-to meals back then, both for off-season and contest prep. You know, it would be maybe eight to ten ounces of of beef uh, with a cup, cup and a half of of rice. Splash a ton of hot sauce on that sucker, and then you chow it down. You know, that was definitely one of my favorites. I think what started to get old for me was the fish meals, right? So as you're getting into uh, the more um, uh, calorie deficient phase of your prep uh, for a contest, you start taking in, you know, uh, less fats, uh, less calories. You still need the proteins, right? So you start switching over to some fish, right? Maybe some tilapias or some other white fish. Um, one pre preparing that fish, it's becomes a, a, a mission <laughs> to do it every day. And I don't know, it, it was just, the fish just started to beat me up, uh, you know, over, uh, over some time, the salmon's okay. But then when you're eating it on a regular basis, you're like, oh man, you know, you just kind of get over uh, it. Yeah. You, you start getting over it. And it's funny once, once you're done with a certain prep and you get past the contest, you, you want to just stay so far away from your contest food, but some of them you become kind of, you bond to them and they're just like a staple that'll always be there. So like <laughs> that ground beef and rice, man, I, you got some of that now. Your comfort some, food. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, was that? Your comfort food. Yeah. Comfort food. For your sure. safe, your safe place when it comes to food. For sure. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, cool, man. So, um, yeah, I think that's one of the things, again, I, I just keep running into this over and over. People that went through either a phase in their life, it, it really almost never leaves them, right? It's ingrained in them. And they were in that place for a reason to start, right? There's a certain type of person that's driven and motivated and is is willing to, to dedicate themselves and put in the work to get it done. And it feels good. You know, it feels good.
Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you don't even know that about yourself, right? You don't know that kind of person that you are yet, but for some reason you have this innate, you know, uh, attraction to either a sport or an activity or something that pulls you into that. Uh, and you start to kind of really connect, um, you know, and, and I, I think that's same thing with business, right? Like you don't know that, you're this business builder or this business person um, until you kind of start getting there. And all of a sudden these, these, uh, these things, these traits that you have in you really come to the surface, right. And re you really start to shine. Um, you know, that, that's what I, I found. I, I think over the years where I've found a lot of athletes or, or bodybuilders that later in their life, they step into other endeavors and man, they, they, they take the same tool set, right? They take the same abilities that got them to succeed in that, to, to go into that next chapter. Cause it's all really the same thing, right? Cause you know, we, we struggle in business, you know, I mean, str uh, struggles oh, yeah. in business are commonplace, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have great weeks, great months, and then we don't, right? It comes um, with the territory. Yeah. It comes with the territory and that's part of the game. But I think when you have these tools, uh, whether we're born with them or maybe we've developed them at an early age because of, circumstance or um maybe they're genetic maybe your parents are athletes or whatever they may be uh you know they start to kind of rise to the top as you start going down these different you know these different avenues of either sport or business yeah that's a good point uh, you know when i was younger playing sports which you know were foundational for me and kind of like setting up my life to, to who i am and kind of how i identify myself right and i'm sure you're you're similar um I just loved playing sports. It wasn't like I'm a hardworking person. I'm really focused. I'm dedicated. And so I'm going to apply that to sports. You know, I just love the game yeah. and naturally to you, you can be talented. You can have the skills and the talent, but to really excel and take things to the next level to accomplish those goals, you got to have some of those other traits around being dedicated and showing up and being able to persevere and overcome challenges. Cause there's no doubt that through sports and the experiences I had, and for you as well, the experiences you had, having to overcome and push through things when things were tough, when no one was looking, right? right. Like you, you either showed up for yourself or you did it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, no, no one was pushing you. You know, obviously you grow up and your parents are maybe encouraging you or helping you get into some sports activities. But like you, I, I just connected with sports at an early age and I, I had this early drive to want to be the best or win or, or do the best I could then. Um, and then sometimes realizing I didn't really have maybe the skill set or, or those abilities yet, but I knew I wanted to get better. Um, yeah, I mean... You know, uh, sports are amazing. I mean, I, I, I'm a huge advocate for, you know, athletics and sports, uh, either team sports or kind of an individual kind of activity like I had, uh, because they, man, at the end of the day, they really show you what you're made of, right? They, they open these doors of, of reality that you didn't know existed on how far you can push and what you can get to. Um, and it, it's everything, you know, and I, I think I've come across folks that maybe didn't have an athletic background earlier in their life, but later, you know, maybe they're, they're later on in life. They, they have realized that that's there. Right. And that's allowed them to uh, grow at that point or connect with business or, you know, other activities or even just for fun. I mean, a lot of people, let's say somebody that's got a regular nine to five, you know, you need to have an outlet, right. Whether yeah. that's, 
you know, athletics or, you know, a, a musical outlet or whatever it may be, you, you have to have an outlet so that you can drive and, and try to improve and, and try to get better uh, at something and also get better as a person in general. Yeah. 100%. Because if you don't have those other things, then you're not very, <laughs> you're not going to end up being very well-rounded and you're just going to be pretty boring and probably pretty unsatisfied too. You know, like if you just don't have a passion for something else, um, it's, it makes life pretty boring, which brings up a good segue. So you and I have a passion for something else. Uh, your passion is stronger than mine. I don't know if that's because you've just pursued it more and, uh, I'm a little envious of it. Uh, but, but I love it. I love talking to you about it and just watching, just like seeing, seeing your enjoyment through it. And so the thing I'm talking about is, is, you know, rock and roll, uh, heavy metal and specifically Metallica. So tell me when you discovered that, like how, how you got into that and even knew that you liked it. Right. I mean, um, wow. I mean, going back to middle school, perhaps, uh, I had a buddy of mine back then that was really into, uh, into this band and he would like be listening to it as he came into the school. And he's like, Paul, you got to check this out. And it was, it was Metallica, you know, it's a, a band and you're kind of at a point in your life, you know, when, when you're that age where you're like either blown away by something or, or not. And this band blew me away. You know, it was something I really connected with at that point in my life. You know, music was something that I really connected with. It, it connected me with other uh, like friends, um, you know, played uh, in, in some of my friends bands when we were young, once we get into high school, but I started going to live shows uh, started seeing Metallica live and man, it was just a joy that nothing else was giving me, you know, like just being around a lot of people that enjoy the same kind of music, enjoy the same kind of vibe and just the energy that this band was giving me and the audience is giving them, which is something I just connected with diehard. Um, and it's been there my whole life, right? Uh, I mean, I, I'm go I'm going on. Uh, I get to see them again in another few months. It'll be like the 25th time that I've seen them live. Heck it yeah. should be more than that, but you know, there's a couple of years there because of bodybuilding. I wasn't able to go out to <laughs> shows, but man, it's a joy. It's a passion. You know, I'm I'm a big um, I'm a big believer in having other passions outside of uh, what we do on a regular, you know, being in the business world. Now I see often um, folks get so deep into business or business building and literally that's the, their identity. Yeah. Um, and, and that's cool. And that's what you have to do at times. Um, yeah. But is that really who you are, right? Is that really who gives you that joy, that, that, that passion? Is that what you're looking forward to in, in two months when you get to go away with your wife and have a great weekend or whatever it may be uh, and have these memories of, of lifetime from various times that you've been away with your friends to see, you know, this band play, you know, that's the kind of stuff I think that it, it fuels you. It fuels you know, this passion of, of fun and, and uh, just being around other people that like the stuff that you like. Yeah. So man, I've, I've been a diehard fan. It's funny to talk to you about this because, you know, not many when we're in this uh, realm of, of business, uh, do we talk about the things that we like outside and what fuels yeah. our canister of, of happiness. And that yeah. for one, fills me right up to the brim, man. You know, if you look at my feet over the last couple of months, I've been catching these guys uh, at a couple different shows and it's just, it just 
too much fun, you know? So I, I fortunately got to, to marry somebody that's as much of a nut into uh, <laughs> live music and, and bands. Uh, so I get to enjoy these times with my wife when we go, we have an amazing time. Uh, and it's just incredible, man. That's super cool. Yeah, man. That's, that's, a. I kind of want to highlight what you said there because too often, including myself, I can, I can raise my hand and say this without question that there have been times where I've been so heads down focused. And like you said, there is a point in time where it is needed. And there's a point in time where you got to kind of figure it out that like you, you need to chill out a little bit. Um, but some people get so focused on their business and head down that they, they wrap their identity and their happiness tied with the success of their business. So when business is going good, they're happy and they're, they're more excited when business is down their their you know, emotional state is down and they're feeling depressed. And that's kind of a slippery slope to kind of fall into and kind of a dangerous trap. And I know with certainty I've been there, I've been there where it's just heads down, focus on nothing but the business doing nothing else really outside of fun. Now, if I go through pictures, I've actually kind of had to do this go through pictures. I'm like, wow, look at this wonderful life I have, you know, like I'm doing all these things. I've got all these great pictures with friends and family and, and doing different things. And I've gone on these trips, but during those periods of time, I was still so focused on business that I kind of lost sight of that. And, um, recently it happens. happens. It, it happens. And I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I mean, there's, there's times in my life it's, it's been the same way. And, and to a certain point, you do have to be heads down and, and focus on what you're doing, but you can't lose track of who you are, right? I mean, there's, there's passions and there's things that really get you going out there about who you really are. Um, and are they things that maybe you had in your past that you've for some reason thought you had to get away from, you know, I mean, who would have thought now at, at 41 years old, I'd be talking about the same passion that I had when I was, you know, 12, 13 years, right. uh, 13 years old, but it's, it's there. And that's a, a, a passion that's always been there. I mean, I'll, I mentioned before when I was bodybuilding, I was so heads down. There was things I just didn't do like going to some concerts because I had to stay on diet. I had, you know, I had to get my workouts in. Um, and, and speaking of identity during that period of time, that was my identity. You know, Hey, there's big Paul, right? You become this thing, right? And you, you might be one dimensional at that one point, but Man, you got to check yourself as you go along and, and see, you know, is this only what I am? Am I only Big Paul? Am I only this business builder? Am I only this music fan? No, we're a combination of lots of things. That's that's what's amazing about being a human being, right? We have the ability to, to, to enjoy lots of things. And we live in the U.S., which is the best place in the world, right? And we have the ability to, to have so much available to us. Um, we, we need to, you know, remember, we're not just one-sided. We're not just one-dimensional. There's a lot of aspects of, of life that make us who we are. Yeah, so I think that's a real good point of self-reflection and also just to kind of put that on notice for people that are maybe in that point in time right now, right? And and kind of let them know that that's okay, but don't don't go down to the dips, of, uh, of the dark barrel that you might be putting yourself into and just be, be self-aware, self-reflect on it. And you'll find too, like if you're doing things that really fill as, as my wife would say, as we talk to our kids, things that fill up your bucket, what are things that fill your bucket up? Um, you know, if you're doing those kind of passion things on the side, regardless of what the cost may be, a lot of these things might be very low cost 
if you're in a state of, of budget consciousness right. and you're going to find that you're going to be a happier person. That's going to translate into your business. You're going to, you're going to actually get better results as a result of being more well-rounded. Right. And it gives you a focus, right? You may want to do something on this side of your plate that, that you may not be able to right then and there. Uh, but if you're focusing on this uh, side over here, which is maybe your business or whatever endeavor you're in, it might be able to get you there quicker, right? I, I know, you know, you, you look back to when you're young and there's so many things you couldn't do, uh, you know, as a teenager, you didn't, you, you just didn't have the abilities. You know, maybe you didn't have the money. You, you just didn't have the ability to get up and go cross country at any given moment. Uh, but you know, like you, you, you remember that stuff and you remember wanting to be able to have that freedom or the, or the desire to just do these things. So that fuels your energy in business, right? Why are we, you know, grinding? Why do we work? Why do we build what we build? Because we want to do what we want to do in life, right? And yeah. for me, it's like, I want to do the happy things for me. I don't build business. I don't work on business to say I'm the best business person in the world. I do this so that it can fuel the happy times. It can fuel the vacation times with my family. It can fuel us going away for a month. Last summer, my family and I, we went away. It was just about a month. Longest vacation we ever took. We went out to Colorado. We were lost in the mountains in the woods. And, you know, the only reason that's happened is because I was able to focus in business. I was able to grow that to a certain point that I could take off for uh, an entire month. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, kind of going back to, to my story of how I kind of got turned on to Metallica is my, my dad was always, and still is to this day, um, uh, exploratory and curious on all types of music. And he has, he does happen to have really good taste. So, um, you know, we were listening to Led Zeppelin and ACDC and Rage Against the Machines and Nirvana and Metallica, all those kind of things. And I, I remember always having dance parties in the house and living room, stuff like that. And uh, so in junior high, he had bought an, uh, a DVD, um, two set, two disc DVD of the live concert of Metallica S&M. Right. I was there. Oh, were you really? I was there, man. That's crazy. Garden. Yes. <laughs> That's crazy. So he had that DVD at home and I remember just watching it over and over and over and over again. And then back in the day, however, which way I got a, a you know, a copy of it, I burnt it onto a CD and, um, that's all I would listen to just over and over. And I'm, I'm still that way today to where I like all genres and I like just good sounding music. But if I'm going to listen to music, it's going to be Metallica or Kings of Leon. Like that's all I listen to. So Metallica has always been um, a part of my life since that time. And it was also a part of my routine every time I would play a sport. So in high school, pregame before uh, a football game, I'd be listening to S&M CD, you know, uh, Call of Cthulhu, which actually has no words in it at all. And is like a, a 10, 12 minute song, 
was like, that was my happy place, dude. I would get like in a trance and just ready to go to battle, man. So, yeah, I mean, much, much like you, I was the same way, you know, every training session. I mean, that's what you have in your head. It's been the soundtrack of my life. Right. I mean, these songs, uh, you, you have a connection to them um, for whatever reason, whether it's the lyrics or the beat or just, you know, what it gets you through. So you start connecting to them, uh, you know, in your successes and they're they're there there's a deep emotional connection to this music what you know whether it's metallica or any band or you know any type of music right i mean i'm a, I'm a fan of all types of music you know from heavy metal to to blues to jazz to even dance music there was a phase that really dance music was the thing for for us living in new york we're going to clubs were you a, were you a party boy at one point I, we'll say at one little <laughs> chapter of my life i was yes <laughs> But, you know, whatever it is that that really just gets you, uh, you know, connected emotionally. Um, and, and then you can whenever you hear these songs, you know, you, you remember you connect back to that good point or that good time. Or when you're training, you have that on your focus. It's it's pushing you through. I mean, Metallica's always been there almost every workout for the last uh, 25 years, it's on, you know, right. one or multiple songs, excuse my dog over here trying to bust into our interview. Um, <laughs> my you know, kids will songs, be in here in a second. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> all those songs just, just have been there, just pushing me through, man. So just like you, I mean, I I've been there using Metallica as a soundtrack to get me through things. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so share, you obviously got some cool toys behind you. Uh, you've got quite the collection going. You've, you've shared some stuff with me. Uh, you want to bring one of those bad boys up and, and show what you're working with? Yeah. Let's pick up this little one. See some, some people buy cars, some people buy, um, watches, some people collect other stuff. I've become a guitar collector, you know, guitar collector, guitar player, uh, because it's, uh, you know, not only are they cool, I mean, this thing is pretty yeah. you know, darn cool, but, uh, it, it's an outlet, you know, there, there's the ability to come in here, put my phone down for an hour and a half, you know, two hours and literally just play. And I'm here in my own world, just playing and I'm disconnected. I'm recharging my, my soul by just letting loose. Uh, and also it's been, it's just, it's been wonderful to, um, continue to learn, continue to get better at playing because it's another task. It's another activity that I can work on. Right. And, and, uh, really maybe at this point in my life, taking learning music to another level, much more than I did when I was a, a younger kid. Um, it, it, it's, it's incredible, right. To, to learn something new. That's not necessarily, you know, business, right? Because there's been so many years that, you know, you're reading books, you're, you're connecting, you're learning uh, all sorts of aspects of, of uh, business, business building, business development, self-improvement. Um, but when you're learning something like, uh, like music, um, it, it's a whole nother world, right? You, you can, one, you have the, the, the journey of, of learning uh, what this whole neck means, what the notes mean, but also then putting it together and really just being able to create and have fun. And again, most important to me is really taking this thing and putting it down for a period of time, right? Because we're so connected to phones for sure. And, and, and just this and always looking at our emails and the next Slack message and what's coming. I tell you, man, I, I put my phone down and pick up a guitar, plug in, and it's my escape to somewhere fun, you know? Um, so yeah, this is one of the new ones, you know, it's, it's a bit extreme. <laughs> it's a, it's a V, uh, but you know, I, I like heavy metal and I like extreme guitars. Uh, but you know, I do like some of the classical shapes. Let me show you this next one. 
more of a single cut, they call this, more of a Les Paul type guitar. Um, you know, whatever it is, man, um, you know, body style or shape, it's it's just uh, something that I admire. I admire people that are really great at music, uh, way better than I am. I admire their abilities to improve uh, and get better in music, much like sports or, or business. Um, so that that really just, it, it, it fills my energy cup, man. I mean, I, I love it. And uh, it, again, it takes me away from the grind or, you know, either the, the frustration or struggle or just the, the repetitiveness of the everyday grind, you know? Yeah. So are you, are you like a musically inclined person? Did you just like gravitate to it easily? Or was it just one of those things you had to just put in the time to figure it out? Yeah. Kind of overcome what you maybe weren't naturally good at. I wish I could tell you I was this musical genius and I've picked up the guitars and I'm, I'm shredding like you can't believe, but no, it's a lot of work, a lot of work. Um, I played for a long time up until about college time. I, I played, didn't take it as serious then. I didn't really put in the effort. I don't think I had the skill set yet in knowing how much work you need to put into something to, to get good at. But uh, later in life, when I got back to really playing guitar, like I with this, you know, skill set from, you know, from from bodybuilding and, and from building business. And, you know, you, you realize, OK, if I want to get good at something, I have to put in the work. Um, so, yeah, you have to practice. You know, I mean, I, I take lessons. I have a instructor teaches me music theory. Uh, it's like learning another language. It's frustrating as, as all heck sometimes because you're like, Oh my goodness, you know, but just like sports, you got to do the reps. You got to, you got to do it over and over again. And, and stuff starts to sink in. You start getting better. You start improving and every little improvement for myself, it's rewarding. You're like, Oh wow, I can do this. I can play that. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's somewhere the, the beautiful part about music and guitar playing is you can always continue to learn, right? Uh, it's not like sports, like football or definitely like bodybuilding. It's not, um, it, it's something that you can do until, until you're done on this planet, right. you know, right. uh, we can't play football or squat 500 pounds until we're 80 years old. Right. But, right. you know, hopefully I can continue to play until my fingers keep moving and I can continue to grow. You, it, learning music, learning music theory, learning how to play stuff, learning, uh, or, or just creating your own stuff is endless, right? You, you'll always be learning new uh, little parts of music and, and, and creating new music. And as long as you're having fun with it, man, that's really what it's all about, having fun. Um, as long as you're having fun with it, it's it's really just amazing. 100%. Yeah, we bought our, our two boys this Christmas uh, guitars. We bought them electric guitars. We don't have the amp set up or anything yet, but you know, Christmas day, they got them on, they got the strap on. They're, they got the pick going. They're kind of like figuring it out. Yeah. And so uh, the wife had said that she's seen some other families that have, you know, musically gifted kids and stuff like that. Not because they, they themselves were artistic or gifted, just because they had them laying around. Right. And if you have them laying around like toys, they're going to be curious. They're going to yeah. kind of check it out and, so, I mean, just a good example, kind of seeing that kind of start to build on itself a little bit just yesterday, you know, my middle, my middle child and youngest son, you know, he's like, yeah, dad, I want to put this on. So I'll put it on him. And he's like, oh, well, I need, I need that, the thing, I need the thing, which was the pick. So I got him the pick and then he was just like kind of playing it a little bit and, uh, you know, it was cool. 
it's cool. He, they're not anywhere to like playing anything yet. And, um, we don't have them in any lessons yet, but just having it around, will kind of having that exposure, right. Having, having that exposure, exposure yeah. to, to anything allows a, you know, a, a young child to, to just start sucking it up. I mean, I, I look back now and I'm like, wow, I wish my parents would have gotten me into music when I was young. Uh, because it certainly is a lot easier. It's right. It's like learning English, right? You just, yeah. you learn to speak and it's normal. I, I speak Spanish, right. And I'm fluent, uh, because my, my family, we grew up speaking Spanish and it's just easy. That's it's awesome. Yeah. Easy uh, language, but like music, it's another language. Oh man. I mean, trying to go back in there and you're learning theory and you're learning how all these notes are connected. And, and it's like, wow, it's, it's difficult. If you learn that at a young age, it, it's not as difficult as, uh, as, as it is when you're an old man like me now. A hundred percent. So yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're excited at the idea. So I'll cruise around in the car or the golf cart, blasting Metallica, hoping they like it. My oldest son gets into it. He'll throw, throw up the rock and roll dude. And, uh, his, one of his poses right now for doing like a dance party around the house, he'll end with one of these up there. He'll cross up some, uh, some rock and roll something right over there, Dean. Yeah. So he, he gets into it. He's, he has, he has long hair too, so he can really headbang right now. I did um, once at one point in my life, but now uh, not, not so much. <laughs> Were you a headbanger too? Oh, of course, man. I'm still a headbanger till the day Heck I'm yeah. done, man. <laughs> Heck yeah. Awesome. Well, cool, man. So let's, uh, let's transition into talking about real estate. So bodybuilding for, for years, probably, right? Yeah. About uh, 10 years of my life, maybe a little bit longer. Um, you know, you, you get to the point where you're, you're in that world. Um, I, I kind of reached all my realistic goals, um, uh, in, in that space. Um, you know, and I started looking at what's next, you know, and, you know, building some sort of business. I've always kind of done my own thing. I've always been a hustler, a grinder. I've figured out my own path. Um, I went to college, but dropped out quickly because I realized that wasn't the thing for me. I needed to do my own thing. So at that point, I created a, a, a computer consulting business. So being my own self, my own boss was just always been in me. Uh, and when I got out of the bodybuilding world, I was really kind of looking for that next that next step, right? And uh, somehow, uh, real estate investing uh, online smacks me in the face like things do, you know, the ads yeah. or the webinars, whatever it was. And I heard about this thing called wholesaling. And um, I actually have a, a cousin that I knew was rehabbing homes. So I figured, let me reach out to my cousin, Marco, and see, you know, maybe enlighten me here. What's up, man? What is this? You know, and, and he did. He filled me in a little bit. And I said to myself, you know, I think I can do this, right? So that was the beginning of, of that journey. Um, started getting out there, trying to figure out what wholesaling was, how to how to even connect with a homeowner, how do you buy this house? Um, you know, at the time I didn't have a ton of money. So you go through all the fears that a lot of wholesalers have in the beginning. How do I do this without money? How do I, you know, all that sort of stuff, but you start putting one foot in front of the next and you start learning the game, uh, start connecting with people in your community. At the time I was living in Florida. So there was a good, uh, there was a, uh, good, uh, uh, real group down there that I connected with and you start putting the pieces together. Um, and then, uh, funny enough, I, I get a, a list of, um, of, uh, pre-foreclosure homes that were going to auction, I think within a month or two. And my cousin's like, go oh, knock on doors. Since <laughs> I didn't know any better, I said, okay. You know, so I go out there, I start knocking on doors and lo and behold, after I think it was about two, three weeks, I actually found somebody that was in, you know, he was 
in distress. His whole life was in distress, actually. Um, and he was about to lose the house and he had no other plan. And here I was with my, you know, half-assed pitch, but, you know, we connected and we agreed on a, on a, on a buy price. And that was my first deal. I locked that, I locked that deal down and it all became a reality. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you, you prove this concept of what you hear. Cause you know, let's face it, you, you see things online and, and yeah. you're like, is this real? Are people really doing this? You know, yeah. but when you get to the point that you actually do a deal and it becomes a reality, that's it game on. Right. And that's, that's, that's one of the biggest started. milestones right there is just getting that first deal done and proving to yourself that you can, you can do it proving that it's a real thing. Um, I remember getting that first check for 6,000 bucks and I was just like, wow, yeah. this, is, this is awesome. And I remember uh, I, was, I was going through some pictures recently and there's a picture of me with that check and, and I was just <laughs> the biggest smile on my face, man, because it's like, you know, I had to prove it to myself, right. I, I needed to prove that I could do this. Right. And I knew I, I can think back and remember thinking to myself, no matter what, I'm going to figure this out no matter what I'm going to do this. Right. And that was, that was it. And I tell you what, knocking on doors in Florida on a, on a hot summer day, <laughs> uh, when you're sweating and, you know, I, at the time I was a bit bigger and I'm knocking on doors people are a little suspect of me as I'm walking up to these doors, maybe thinking I'm like a collector or something, you know, um, it was nerve wracking. Nerve -wracking you you probably look like a headhunter, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, it, it, you, you kind of uh, prove to yourself that, you know, even the most scary, most difficult, most, daunting things in life you know you just you you um you believe in yourself and you go after it right and that was the beginning right i mean not, it hasn't been all sunshine and uh and rainbows since that oh, first deal yeah. you know it's a roller coaster as we all know in this game when you're trying to get it together uh but i do remember getting that first deal and saying you know what i'm gonna have about 10 of these a week right like, <laughs> yeah I think I might've gone like months before I got my next deal, but, you know, it became a reality and I knew this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to build my own business. I liked where this was going. It did help having a family member kind of in that space. So I ha had a little bit of, of comfort knowing that, you know, someone I knew and trusted was doing something similar. Um, but man, I mean, that's, that's how it all began. And it, it just kind of has evolved from, from there. Yeah, that that's, the beginning roots for everybody is always a real special place because you're like overwhelmed with fear and, and the unknown. You don't know what you're supposed to even really do next. You might've studied it. Someone might've told you, but you really don't know what it feels like to go through each and every step yeah. to get that deal done. So fear. to, to, to be able to, to get past the fear of, of calling the seller and what to say, Oh, I don't want to screw this up. Like, I'm not going to make any money if I say the wrong thing. Yeah. And if I say the certain thing that's in the script that I got from somebody, how are they going to react? Like there's, there's so many little micro uh, fears and insecurities that you have leading into it that as you start to break down and push through each and every one of those, you really build a lot of momentum and, and believe in yourself. That's why I think it's so monumental to get that first deal done. You finally believe in yourself. Like I can do this. And it's not in doing a deal, an investment deal, like, like real estate, it's different than a job. You go in, you know, there's insecurities and there's fears about interviewing and, and getting hired and stuff like that. But if once you're kind of in like, you're getting a paycheck. 
you know, but this is different where it's either you or, or it's all up to you, right? It's all up to you to, to have the conversations and put the deal together. And so having to overcome those, those barriers and uh, get through it is such a big moment, you know? Yeah. You know, fear is a big thing, man. I mean, fear keeps a lot of people from really being the best person that they can be or really achieving the things they want in life. Uh, fear, you know, I say fear is fake sometimes because it's really just in your head, right? You're, yeah. you're creating this imaginary monster of, of no, or, or just rejection or uh, you know uh, you have to bust through that. I, I think, you know, with, with, my my life my upbringing you know my my previous endeavors you know some of that helped me kind of bust through that fear and have the confidence that i needed to just keep charging forward into it um but man i mean once you bust through that fear you know the other side of fear is so rewarding right it, it is there's always more fear right because there's always oh, something there's right? always you some know, more I, I have fears now that i i challenge and i i tackle but but that's what keeps life exciting, right? Like busting through that and, and showing, improving yourself, right? Not, not your Instagram followers, not your social media people, but yourself and, and, you know, maybe your family showing them that you can bust through there and do the things that you want to do. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's, that's right. Like the more that you put yourself in those uncomfortable positions and prove to yourself that you can overcome them and also gaining the skill sets around how to, how to navigate those situations and push through is what ultimately allows you to, to kind of just really rocket forward from there, you know? Um, so you, you get smacked around with ads and different real estate stuff. You get your first deal done. So now you're living in Florida doing this? Living in Florida doing that. So it starts becoming the thing I'm doing every day, right? Working on deals, calling deals, cold yeah. calling, doing the whole the whole nine. Um, but right around the same time, um, I had a good friend of mine out here in California, um, owner of PropStream. I, I'd known him for a long while, but really never connected and discussed uh, his business just because it, you know, conversation never led itself to there. But once I caught up with him over the phone one day, told him what I was up to down in Florida. He's like, Oh man, you got to check out the, you know, check out our business, our company, what we have, I'll send it over to you. And that was right about um, the time when some, some major improvements were, were about to go into, into prop stream. And uh, I, I kind of came on and, and started giving some advice as, as I was growing as a, as a investor myself and really being out there in the real world, uh, you know, using tools, using this, I mean, like any new investor, use everything that you can find, you know, yeah. somebody tells yeah. you about this, you're checking that out. You're yeah, checking yeah. All this. <laughs> so I had a good sense, uh, especially I, you know, I had a technology, background. So software and tools were just very natural for me to use and, and, and check out. Um, started kind of giving them, providing them some feedback on, on what I thought and and um, really kind of fell into more of an advisory kind of role uh, for PropStream um, as, as the time went on. And then ultimately, I ended up moving out here out west of California and really became a, 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 a 
major part of, of the team. Um, again, kind of in an advisory role, really just showing, you know, as an investor, uh, as an active investor in our community, what do other people use? You know, what are the tools that are out there? How do you use it? Um, you know, and, and, and that was really the magic that I brought to uh, my, my relationship and, and uh, time with, with the company. And over the last several years, you know, it's been an amazing ride to, to watch uh, PropStream uh, go from a, a software that not many used or knew about to really being one of the premier names in, in the space, being one of the go-to tools in, in the industry. Uh, it, it's been an amazing ride um, to the point where the company just a couple months ago got uh, acquired by yeah. uh, Stuart Title, And being a part of that has been one of the highlights of my life, being a part of this team that's that's driven this, this company, uh, you know, helped grow it to a point where, you know, this billion dollar company would want to acquire it it's been an amazing ride it's been a highlight uh but the incredible part about that is you know the team stays on we all continue to drive this this uh this product forward continue to develop it continue to grow it uh so the future is bright for what we're doing we're really excited about uh what the next couple of years will bring for for prop stream and and all of us involved and uh man it's it's all because of of uh, real estate, you know, over these last years that it all kind of tied in together. Um, and, and more, I guess, overall of that really just, you know, my drive and my push forward and wanting to just kind of improve and open doors for myself have led me to this point um, of being with this this wonderful team and, and also being able to continue to do deals. Um, I now have been running a virtual wholesale business now, uh, I don't know, it's been about three years now that I've been doing this, maybe a little bit longer, uh, where out of necessity from moving from Florida to California, you have a whole bunch of leads in your system. Yeah. And, you know, what are you going to do? Just throw them away? No, you continue to work them. So you start working your, your phone game, you start building a team, you start building the right team, uh, figuring out how to hire, how to train, you know, you, you develop that skill set, right? That's a whole different thing in itself. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, that's that's where I've been, you know, figuring out how to grow that team and perfect our, our, our virtual model um, and, and doing deals in various states uh, across the country. Um, you know, I'm not the type of company we're not doing 100 deals a month, but we do enough deals to to, uh, you know, keep our machine going, really stay active in the industry. Um, in this last year or so, we've started to make a little bit of a pivot into commercial, really taking a look at different types of uh, assets out there to invest in, uh, whether it's uh, self storage or oh, nice. you know, apartments or uh, RV parks, whatever it may be, you know, just looking at what that next evolution is going to be, you know, that's kind of where, where I'm at right now. It's into this next evolution of, uh, of what I'm doing with my business. Uh, but man, real estate's been amazing, right? Because it's really allowed me to use my skill set, uh, my skill set of life and, and use it in business and really grow this, uh, you know, this business, my business and, and really apply, uh, you know, what, what, what I have to the team, to the prop stream team. Um, it's been amazing, man. You know, I mean, I tell you what, I was not, uh, nobody was going to hire me. I'm not a nine to fiver. Right. So I, I had to find, uh, I had to find that, that business, that industry I needed to be in that could allow me to be me in the way that I am. Uh, and fortunately I found real estate. So, I mean, I will always be grateful for finding it. I'm a big advocate to anybody that's working nine to five and have, you know, that desire for more, right. I mean, nine to fives, I mean, yeah, there's some higher earning salaries out there and jobs, um, but nine to five, it's, it's restrictive to a certain degree. Right. Uh, and if there's 
there are things in life that you want to achieve, um, you know, I, real estate's the gateway to that. You know, it, it, real estate opens you up to self-improvement. It, it opens you up to becoming a better person. Um, you know, there, there's a time where you really get into books, you start learning, you start reading, you start improving who you are, right? And I owe this all to real estate. Yeah, 100%. So as, as you've kind of evolved and grown over the past couple of years, what what's your role look like within the prop stream world and what what are you doing there right now right so it, it continues to be an advisory role uh continues to uh bring uh real life feedback on what a, a real investor is doing out there what are the investor needs i work with various uh partners uh affiliate partners bring them on board onto our team, identify who's who out there in, in our space, uh, connect with them, bring them into our world. Um, and, you know, as we go into the future, there's going to be much more involvement with uh, brokers and agents. And, you know, I, I work with identifying, you know, the, the key players that we want to work with. Um, and that's, that's mainly the capacity I'm, I'm in right now for, for the company. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just over the past couple of years, you've probably seen an insane amount of growth. I know, I've been in the business now eight, eight years. And as I've been moving forward and using different tools and, and doing all those different things, um, PropStream has really, really blasted on the radar the past couple of years, especially. And it seems like everybody that's getting started or is experienced is now pretty much using it. Um, cause again, it just, the, <sighs> the amount of thing, the amount of information that it, it has on there in terms of just searching for a property and finding everything that you could possibly want to find, it has it. You know, in the past, I've been using Chicago Title to go pull a property profile and find out all the data and the previous transaction history and what loans might be on there, different things. And then over time, I would sometimes use property radar if I wanted to find out a little bit more detailed information about um, maybe a mortgage that was in default or something like that. PropStream has all that and more, like yeah, a, we, lot, a lot more. Really easy. It's all there, um, you know, to the point where newer investors getting in in the last couple of years uh, are maybe spoiled of how easy it is, right? Because even when I got in, like you say, all the information was all over the place, right? And you're yeah. trying to find out from this person and that person, how do I get this? How do I get that file? How do I get that list? How do I, how do I comp? Um, it used to be much more difficult, right? And uh, that's the beauty of, of what we have in PropStream. All, uh, uh, most of the information you need is right there in your fingertips. And it makes, uh, it makes it to be a Swiss army knife for the investor. You know, whether you're a, a wholesaler, whether you're a rehabber, I mean, we have the property information that you need to make the intelligent decision whether you're buying or selling. Right. Absolutely. And then again, from there, just beyond the information, like actually building out your list, you guys have made that redonkulously easy because you go to some of these other websites and just to build out the list, you almost kind of have to learn the language or go to the secret little hiding place to yeah, find this check video on the tips on how to pull yeah, lists, man. in the spreadsheet to do this and do that. I've been there. I know I've done it, you know, and, uh, it's, it's super simple and super, super easy to pull data. 
um, which which is amazing, right? I mean, maybe we've made it too easy, right? But uh, that, that was part of the struggle back in the day. But yeah, it's, it's um, you know, going in there and really dialing up, you know, filter set of what kind of properties you're looking for, however big you need a list, uh, and to be able to pull it and literally within minutes, skip trace and get a, a phone number and reach out and, and, and talk to an owner within minutes. I mean, that's, that's really incredible because look, at the end of the day, our business uh, comes down to making contact with the owner. You know, at the end of the day, whatever software you're using, whatever bells and whistles, what matters is getting information, being able to get a phone number or mailing address, and really just being able to get in contact with a homeowner as soon as possible. That is it. That is the name of the game. You know, obviously beyond that, it's your negotiation skills and how you handle the ability to, to get a deal, right? Um, but, you know, making contact with that homeowner, letting them know what you do, you know, what is it that your business does? You know, uh, you're not an agent, you're not retail, you know, what is the value of your business? What do you bring? You know, the, the ability to buy buy quick and buy with speed i mean that's what most of us do right um so really being able to go into our platform pull dial that up as soon as you need it uh making those calls and then having the ability to look up that property uh right there in prop stream that you're talking to mr jones on the phone uh one two three main street pull it up identify what you need uh and then be able to you know put out an offer and hopefully lock that that uh contract up yeah 100 and one of the cool things is not only is it extremely easy to use on your computer, laptop, desktop, whatever you're using, but is just as easy to use on the app. That's where a lot of people, you know, kind of fail as, oh, it works great when I'm at home, but I'm out in the field, you know, driving properties, knocking on doors, meet, going on appointments, running around, picking up my kids, whatever it might be, right? These are real life kind of situations. If I got a hot lead that comes in, or I just, saw a property on the side of the road and I, I need to pull up the address and kind of see what's going on. PropStream's app, super dialed in, very easy to use. It's got all the information that you would find online right there too, which is super powerful. So I, I've just, I've really thought that they, they really knocked it out of the park on, on the app too. Yeah, I mean, we 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 have a lot of data right there in that little screen. It's yeah. amazing. I mean, let's face it, not every investor has a team, right? Not every investor has a team of five, 10 people working behind the scenes, doing this, doing that, you know, giving you the right information through email. You know, a lot of, lot of investors are, you know, lone warriors, right? They're out there, maybe one or two people, them and their wife or them and their partner working deals. So they have to be able to pull out their phone if they're on their, on their way somewhere, maybe to look or comp a property. Uh, you, you have to look at what's going on. Maybe a lead just came in, you pull over, you take a look wh where it is. Um, yeah, I mean, that was really important. Obviously, now we, we live and die by these phones, right? And we, we need to be able to get the information that we need and not just depend on hitting back to the office or getting back to the home to have to pull it up. So yeah, the app has come, uh, come in really handy. Uh, we're excited also for the future of our app and our app development. Um, I, I really got to give it up to uh, the back end development of our, of our team team. Uh, I mean, those guys are working around the clock to, to uh, make sure that our, our platform has, is as uh, steady and reliable and consistent and up, uh, as well as, you know, working on development, any uh, new things or new files or new data that we're adding in there. I mean, they're really the backbone of, of what keeps this thing up and running. I mean, I don't think people realize the type of uh, infrastructure that you need on the back end to run this much data. I mean, it's ridiculous. Software is hard, of, man. 
And, yeah, and the, the, the server space, the server infrastructure, the security, uh, and everything that goes in keeping that up and running. Uh, I mean, you know, hands uh, to them because those are the guys behind the scenes that really keep that going. Yeah, the all the different data points <laughs> that you guys are pulling in is... Uh... And, and here's this on data, right? The data points, it'd be easier if all the data was consistently the same nationwide, right? Like if, you know, from, from California to Maine to Florida, it was all the same, but it's yeah. not. I mean, every county, literally every county across the country does things differently. Things are entered differently, they're the, the named differently. Uh, so you can just imagine what the back end of that looks like to organize all that in a way that uh, it's updated and displayed in a way that's as easy as everyone sees on uh, prop stream, you know, just pull out your phone and there it is. <laughs> yeah. It gives me anxiety to think about how much effort would go into keeping that dialed in. And then they're going to change what system they're using to provide the data and just all the agreements, arrangements and data conversion and all that stuff is just uh, pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, your, your, your casual user or just a regular user that doesn't really, um, you know, really think of that as much, you know, they don't realize all, all of what goes on behind the scenes. You know, they're like, ah, oh, just some data, splash it up. There's, yeah. a, <laughs> there's a lot to get that data all in a certain way that makes sense. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, data, data is, data is king, right? I mean, data is what drives the universe these days. Uh, and the more of it, uh, the more infrastructure that, that you need. So the infrastructure behind uh, what we have is really what, what keeps everything going. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, cool, man. Um, it's been, it's always fun to talk to you. Uh, we, we've got a lot of stuff we could talk about in depth and just keep, keep going on. Um, so I'll have to have you on again. And like I've talked to you about, we we're going to get your team on to get in and like dive into building out a list, dive into skip tracing, dive into all the different things that PropStream does, you know, phenomenal job at. So just for those that are watching, like if they, if they want to get into PropStream and test it out, just know that you can get a trial. If you go through the link that I'll, I'll throw up on the screen, you can go to trial.propstreampro.com slash Dean. So trial.propstreampro.com slash Dean. You can get a free seven day trial, check it out, see how you like it. Um, obviously you could reach out to myself or Paul, if you have like really specific questions or something like that, but yeah, check it out. We use it. We've been using it for, for now years and, uh, it's an instrumental part of our business, you know, as we're looking at, uh, getting a property under contract, here's a perfect example, right? Yesterday we get a property under contract. And as my acquisitions manager is at the appointment, he's, he's there talking to them. So he doesn't want to be rude, pulling stuff up on his phone. So he just texts us real quick. Hey, can you send me the APN number and the, you know, legal names on title? What do I do? We pull up PropStream, right? Pull up PropStream. My partner sends a screenshot of that to him. And then I ended up typing it out just in case it was easier for him. So boom, boom, right boom. Right up that contract there, didn't he? <laughs> yep. He wrote it uh, handwritten right there, right on the spot on the kitchen table. And uh, what do you know? We got it signed, uh, got it back, sent it out this morning, got it sold, $15,000 assignment fee. So, you know, nice, solid uh, kind of base hit deal for us. And um you know, I props, that one, brother. Hey, hey, oh, <laughs> yes, sir. So, and PropStream was an, it, a real life example involved in that deal that had we not had it, 
we're, you know, we're scrambling around like, uh, where do we get this information? Right. Um, so it just makes, makes life that much easier. And again, my partner sent a screenshot from his phone. He wasn't at his computer. He's out and about driving around our acquisitions manager, not super convenient for him to, to do it right there and kind of, you know, be face to face with the person. So just send us a quick message right. and boom, now he's got it. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So awesome. Um, well, cool, man. Love having you on, love talking to you and, um, you know, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, man, you can just search for me on on the socials. You know, search for Paul Del Pozo. Um, you can find me uh, through pauldelpozo at gmail.com. Um, and like I said, the socials reach me, reach out to me if you have any questions about anything. I mean, I'm an open book. I love talking to people. Love connecting with folks. If you have any questions about the platform, if you have any questions about working out, I mean, I talk to business leaders about working out and, and keeping in shape and, and staying at prime time all the time. So that's that's definitely uh, something uh, of a joy to, to discuss. And of course, music. I mean, anybody else out there that's a metalhead just like us, yeah. reach out to me and let's share our common uh, love for the music. And uh, man, Dean, hopefully I see you in, uh, in Vegas at the next Metallica show and I'll see you in the pit, my brother. <laughs> Heck yeah, let's do it. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for being on uh we'll throw up all your social stuff on the screen so people can get a hold of you and follow you stay in touch with paul he's on the cutting edge of what's going on a prop stream he's a real life investor and just a cool dude so again thanks for spending time with us today man and until next time peace thanks. later